0: Content warning for discussions of physical abuse and, near the end, dogfighting. fighting. <laughs>
1: House. I'm Diana. And I'm David. Today it's Riverdale, season five, episode 12, chapter 88, Citizen Lodge. As tensions boil over at home, Reggie turns to his dark and demanding partnership with Hiram. In response, Hiram reflects on his own rise to infamy. So, how are we feeling about this week?
0: It took a second watch, and then I felt a lot better about this episode.
1: I feel right in what I said last week, and that I felt that this was going to be a better. Mid season premiere. And it was. And it was. It absolutely was. And let's just focus on Reggie, who has been this background character for a very long time, but has had a sinister like quality to him this first half. So that gives us a little more context of what he's dealing with, his relationship to Hiram. And then we get the backstory of what Hiram's end game is. That lets us know, okay, you know, if we set up that Hiram is our, you know, the the villain in front of us because we've got the TBK, but he's the one in front of us that we know is the villain. Okay, now you've given us some information that we've never had before, and I like that. Do I like what they did? Not really. <laughs> Do I like that Hiram is back with his twisty mustaching? No. But this episode's purpose is good and was decently done.
0: I, I like him in Twisty Mustache Roll, but I I like that we've complicated that narrative just a tiny bit. It doesn't redeem him at no. all, but it, it gives us something to hold on to with it, which to be honest, we could have used this a long time ago.
1: Agreed. Because we should have had this last season. I think especially with the Veronica trying to decide I'm divorcing my dad, essentially. This is when we should have found out what his deal is. Like, why is this a problem? Because she is following in her dad's footsteps. She still is, she was before. And that would have been a great moment to be like, okay, let's show you who he actually is.
0: I just feel like a lot of stuff has been red herrings in this show, when this feels like, oh, this is actually like a full on plausible bad guy plot.
1: I mean, season two is trash. Season yeah. two is absolute trash. Season three is really bumpy, but finished strong. Season four, decent, not horrible. Like the Jughead mystery, death mystery was actually really fun and well done. I mean, it was. It was it perfect? No, but it was well done for this type of show.
0: Yeah, and all of this is qualified too. With like, it's Riverdale. We're not, we're not looking for like massively great plot structures, but like, give us something at least.
1: But you know. Nancy Drew's doing that mm. uh, She is for season one. I have not watched season two yet. But yeah, this episode, I feel like should have come in that season three, season four. It probably was season four. Sorry. Um, They're, they're starting to run together. But season. F- yeah. When Veronica decides I'm going to be Veronica Luna, that's once we hear that name, then we should have gotten this episode. But overall, I'm like I'm pleased with the episode as a whole.
0: What I don't like. And I got over once I saw like story wise where they were headed mm-hmm. is their their pop culture references in the show because and I know this is a problem throughout the thing, but it's so on the nose like it is so on the nose and we'll we'll mention them as we get to them. I just went, man, y'all could do a better job of doing gangster stuff without being this obvious about doing gangster stuff. But
1: you have to remember who the target audience is for this. Yeah. Yeah. So they go with the pop culture references, which is a hallmark of Archie comics.
0: This is also true. It
1: is. But you also have to remember, we are not the target audience. We are just the, actually, we're starting to become
0: like the major audience for it. Target me better. (laughs) Uh, Make me your target audience, Riverdale.
1: Add some nuances. Add some deeper cuts so that it causes someone to investigate what does this mean. Just write smarter.
0: Yeah, there's just times where it makes me eye roll so much to the point where it takes me out of what's good about the episode. Yeah. That, I think, is my problem.
1: And so I think that starts right off the bat with our Jughead narration. Uh, Cole Sprouse is actually in the episode. It didn't look like he was, but he is actually in it for literally three frames. It's almost nothing. I went back and double checked it. He's in there, so whatever. But they start with Michael Corleone, Tony Soprano, and Scarface. And they're, they're giving Hiram this mobster introduction. And I get that. Scarface should not have been on that list. Michael Corleone, Tony Soprano, okay, these guys are mob guys, they're bosses, but Scarface was such a different thing. He was so insanely violent.
0: Yes. And then took his own supply. Like,
1: I mean, he was definitely high on his own supply. And that doesn't mean that Michael Corleone and Tony Soprano weren't like rough and tumble violent guys but it was always in this distant, refined manner. There was the public persona and then there was the mob persona to both of those characters. And Scarface didn't have that as much. It did for like a hot minute and then it's gone. So I feel like that is where I'm instantly like, Scarface, really? No.
0: Yeah, it's a bad choice. And the the other thing with Michael and Tony is that both of them also have a super personal depth, which is what this episode is touching on for Hiram.
1: Exactly. And then what this should have done, instead of Scarface, they should have done the Rayleigh Yoda character from Goodfellas.
0: Yeah. It it's these little things that we're gonna bring up through the whole episode that they do. They take you out of what's otherwise a really smart episode.
1: Yeah. So we get this narration about how he's big deal, but he's been evil for a long time, but we don't know why. We don't know what his rosebud, as it were, which I do like that because that is a reference to our title of our episode that's that's a Citizen Kane reference
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm cool with that and also if we're in still buying into the whole this is a Jughead book that's a reference Jughead would make
0: oh god he would write he would write Hiram as a as a Hearst character all the live long day
1: fuck Hearst it would be an Orson Welles character
0: both it's it's the same thing
1: yeah there's there's not a lot of blue sky but then they're also referencing, you know, but and he collects lost souls like Reggie Mantle and why are the Reggie Mantles of the world drawn to him? And what I like about this is we see Hiram waking up, working out, which is just the like a hot reel of how uh, attractive Mark Consuelos is, which he is. <laughs> uh, we go back and we see Reggie working hard at the car lot. And then we see that the mirror of of Hiram reading the paper and then Reggie. Is reading at work, but he is reading a comic book. So like Reggie's still Reggie. So I I really do like that. Yeah. And then we have Reggie getting a briefcase ready and he's walking out of work. His dad's there, who we haven't seen in a very long time, say, Oh, you know, you you better be back at 10. We've got the McFarlane's coming in. And Reggie's like, Yeah, I know. I said I'll be back. And he takes this briefcase, but Again, this was done well, and the last episode was, and I said I, I needed that tension between Kevin and Fangs. Here, in this very brief, tiny scene, I get how tense it is between Reggie and his dad.
0: It ain't good. Reggie just, like, immediately, immediately is interrupting his dad, being like, I fucking know all of this ten times better than you do, old man. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I already have vibes immediately from Reggie of, fuck you. I'm the one actually running this business. Yeah. Don't tell me what the fuck to do. I'm
1: though. making this shit work for you. Don't fuck with me. Which yeah. I love because the only information we have about the relationship is that his dad beat him up. That's all we know. He has an abusive father.
0: And now it's been seven years.
1: <laughs> so now Reggie's an adult. It's just different. It's still abusive, but it's different. <laughs> but I, I like that we got that tension immediately. We cut to Hiram in his office. He's on the phone and he is taken aback. He's like, oh, you're certain it's him. There's no room for error here. Great work. This is personal. I'll handle it myself. Okay, great. So like instantly we know he's beating someone up or killing someone. Like this is going to be some, some shit.
0: This is such a wonderful episode too because we get to see Mark Consuelos really like dig. Yeah. And not just for what goes on later in the episode but in these scenes with Hiram. He really gets to dig into his bag of tricks, because unlike any other time we've seen him on the phone orchestrating something, mm-hmm. every other time it's, you know, he's he's a dick dastardly character. Absolutely. And this time, there's something way deeper going on during this phone call. Like, he's kind of emotional about this. And
1: I, yeah, exactly.
0: That is new for him.
1: And we get the added reveal later of who he's talking to. Love yeah. it. There's a whole lot there. It's yeah. really good. Yeah, they they did layers well on this one. Reggie shows up. Hiram's like, hey, you weren't on my calendar. Reggie opens the briefcase. Here's all the money that my dad owes you. I appreciate you helping him out, but this makes a square, right? Okay. Part, like he's here to finish paying off Hiram. Good, good on Reggie. I mean, I also appreciate that. We were told previously why Reggie was working for Hiram and that now Reggie has confirmed that that wasn't something he just told Veronica. This is true. Yeah. Hiram says, yeah, it does, but I have a question. What does that mean for our arrangement? And Reggie wants to keep working for him, but he wants to move up. He doesn't want to be an errand boy. He says, I'm good with numbers. I have ideas, some big, big ideas. And the thing is, Reggie does. We've seen this from him. Look what he tried to do with the tickling videos. That was him. Now, granted, (laughs) it blew back in his face. And also, that's a really inappropriate endeavor for underage children. (laughs) <laughs> However, he had his entrepreneur hat on. It's there; it, he's got it, and I want to see more of that from Reggie. Hiram's like, "Okay, I'll put you in a privileged place, but you gotta do me one more thing." She's like, "Oh, one last job." <laughs> it's the gangster's way, of course. Does so he needs a gun, a ghost gun, one that can't be traced? Is that a problem for you? And Reggie says, "Nope, I'll do it after uh, my my finish my last shift on the lot."
0: It's so illegal. <laughs>
1: So illegal, so wrong for so many reasons. Oh, God. So we go back to the mantel lot and the McFarlans are there. And Marty is trying to make the sale. And before I get into the rest of the scene, I was so taken out of the scene by the horrible, horrible backdrops. <laughs> they are so, like, they remind me of Rogers and Hammerstein. Like if you've been watching Schmigadoon, everything that's obviously a backdrop, that's what these looked like to me. I was like, oh, this is bad. Like, this wow. is this is almost funny to me. Bad. There's one shot where you can tell they're in a parking lot and they put the backdrop in a perspective. And then there's then the shot with the, the father and son. It's like, oh my God, you're standing in front of a backdrop, like a painted backdrop.
0: I did not notice that it, at all.
1: It bugged me so much.
0: Now I will admit I watched this twice on my phone, so perhaps that was part of the issue that if I had seen it on like an actual television, maybe it no. would have been more noticeable. I will say that even then something felt off about the scene, but I didn't realize that was why it was off.
1: I well, that's definitely part of it. But I feel like part of it is the scene is very rushed.
0: And I and I feel like it's rushed for time. Yeah, the whole fucking thing thing this whole fucking first part of the episode is rushed
1: it's very rushed it's so back and forth and it's like okay you could have taken a little more time like you could have just taken a beat like this is the scene where it feels the most rushed yeah Marty's striking out and he says you're not going to go cheap on your son, are you, and Mr. F- F- McFarland is offended now. So he says he's going to leave and then Reggie comes in with the hard sell and he's talking about his first car and how like he loved her name was Bella and man all the all the great memories we made together and he is a great salesman. He's very smooth. And so then Mr. McFarland says like, ooh, I had a red ruby. She was an 84 challenger. And Reggie's just like, hey, this is, this is the car your son will pick up his prom date in. We'll take him to college. He'll get laid in. And that was the one where it was like, that's too much. Like that was too far. And that really offends Marty. Marty is not happy. But the second Reggie says that, the son is like, we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> right dad and then dad is sold. Dad is like, yeah, my son really wants it. Sure. Cuz that's the other part of it is that you know Reggie saw, I have to I have to make it work for dad, but I got to get the son invested so that he influences his dad. That's the sales pitch. That's the dynamic that's going on between these two people. So like, yeah, this is when he's going to get laid and I was just like, it's
0: a bit much. <laughs> that would never ever fly. <laughs> Like, it wouldn't. The whole thing would get shut down at that fucking point. Like, it's too far. Yeah. But the the premise of the scene works. It's just like, God, this show, every time. You took it, like, one step too far, and it just ruins it.
1: Yeah, they could have used a different phrase to get that point across. He'll get his first kiss. Or no, no, that's no, that's not good enough. Um, well, you know. You know, it, there would have been, it would have been really stereotypical and very misogynistic, I'm sure. But that probably would have read better than this is when he's going to get laid in.
0: The fact that dad just comes back and is just like, all right. Yeah,
1: you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> so then we cut into the inside the dealership and Marty is pissed. You know, I was going to close that deal. You didn't you step in there with that trash talk. And, you know, Reggie's just not here for it. He's like, you're getting rusty, dad. And then Marty gets hot and goes, I have half a mind to. And this is when Reggie stands up. We see that, okay, Reggie's not taking his shit at all. Like he's taking care of his dad out of the familial obligation. He just goes after him. And I love this. And like my notes literally say, I love you, Charles Milton. Like you are Uh like, you have been wasted. And I'm so happy you had this moment. And he just, He's just like, you know, or what? You're going to beat me like you used to? Go ahead and try it, old man. I'm not in high school anymore. And, you know, Marty tries to be like, oh, well, it's just uh, the sale that matters. And we got to set some money aside for uh, the payment to Hiram. Reggie says, I took care of Hiram. It's over. We're paid off. To which Marty is actually proud for a second. He's shocked. It's like, oh, my God, my son did it. He did it. He did the thing. Uh-huh. But then he says, you don't have to work with that gangster anymore. And Reggie's not here for it. He's like, that gangster pulled your ass out of the fire. And I'm still going to work for him. Apparently, Marty has got this dream about them being partners, full partners. And Reggie says, nope, that's your dream. From where I'm standing, my future's with Hiram. So I got to go.
0: There, There's the intimation here that Marty has, like, in the past seven years, hasn't atoned, but has tried to just, like, ignore the past and mm-hmm. see if they could move on together and Also, clearly knows that he needs help and he's going to need his son's help through working with Hiram to get this done. So, there's this like sort of just cold war between them where they're not acknowledging the issues. Yeah. But it is fascinating where he's clearly had to go, I can't be hard on Reggie anymore. I need him in order for us to survive.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's a, it's, I don't know if it's so much as a realization. But just this is a fact, like I couldn't have gotten out of this. Reggie's the one who got us out of this. And, you know, Reggie's not taking my shit anymore.
0: It's growth by necessity.
1: Absolutely. So then we cut to Marty is now at Hiram's office. And again, this is all taking place on the same day. That's the part where this was too rushed.
0: Yeah, this is this is all just going on all at the fucking same time. Yeah. And I was just like,
1: why? Why? So Marty goes and asks Hiram, leave my son alone. The debt's paid. Just let him go. And Hiram's like, you know, Reggie's a grown man who makes his own decisions. And he's right. Mm -hmm. Reggie's 24, 25. He's a grown ass man. He paid off your debt. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. And Marty just says, Reggie's a fool. And he's blinded by your money. He doesn't care how you get it. And Hiram also hits Marty where it hurts. Like, well... Maybe you're failing to see your own son's potential. If he were my son, I'd be proud of him. Now, granted, that's a really low bar with Hiram, (laughs) but um, like low morality bar, you know, he's not wrong. Hiram is giving Reggie the validation that he wants and needs. And Marty, who is Reggie's abuser, is giving him nothing. Yep. So Marty gets pissed. Hiram, I swear, if you don't let him go, who like this is just a sign of a very weak man. Like he's just he's just a weak person. And Hiram just says, "Choose your next words wisely, or better yet, get the hell out of my office." (laughs) He gets the hell out of his office, and then we see Reggie at Hiram's office giving him the gun. It's like it's untraceable, just like you asked. Great, your dad came in. And made some wild demands. If you're going to work for me, you need to get your house in order. Which I love. Like, this is very mobster. Like, it's usually talking about an unruly girlfriend or wife. Is usually (laughs) what we see in the movies. And this is like, your dad's, your dad's a pain in my ass. You need to take care of that. So Reggie is quick to be like, I'm so sorry. And Hire's like, no, no, no. Don't apologize. Just fix it. And then meet me back here tonight. All right. So again, we cut back to the the car dealership office.
0: Jesus, we go back and forth so much. And
1: again, this is a fabulous scene from Reggie. Reggie starts crying in the middle of this. It is so good. Um, You don't speak for me. Marty's saying, I'm so ashamed of you. I can't even look at you. And Reggie's like, nothing I ever do is good enough for you. Just because your life is crap doesn't give you the right to take it out on me. You beat me, punched me down my whole life. But I stayed. After all you did, I stayed. Not anymore. And and that's when he, that's when he gets, starts to leave. And he's you can tell he's wiping away tears. And then he gives us something that we're not entirely sure about. <laughs> you know, Hiram has done more with his life than you ever will. And as far as I know, he never laid a finger on his wife or daughter. I, <laughs> I, I have questions. We don't know for sure that he has not done those things, but we know he's definitely, he has threatened the life of Hermione and Veronica several times.
0: Uh, There's been quite a bit of emotional and psychological abuse, if not physical, like. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Again, maybe a step too far.
1: Yeah, but I understand he needs, like, that's the problem. Not just your life, but what you do to me. Like, it'd be one thing if dad was just hard on his luck or kind of a sad sack or just overbearing. But then you add the physical abuse to it. And it's just like, no, fuck you.
0: The the thing that gets me is the I stayed.
1: Yeah. Despite all that, I stayed.
0: And like, I, I think that even with the the mom not in the picture thing, that to conjecture that, the the huge part of saying I stayed is the thing of Reggie going, I still cared about you, dad. I still wanted you to be okay, and so despite all of that bullshit, I decided I was going to tough it out for you, so we could try to make this work.
1: It's just, it's awful, and it's horrible, and it makes me sad.
0: It's awful, and it's horrible, and also, it is so well done by Charles Melton. Oh my God, that's so
1: good. So let me go right back to Hiram's office, because ah. like, we've gone back like four times. This is absurd. <laughs> They're having a drink. They're having a manly sit down. And Hiram asked, how to go with your father? I don't have a father anymore. Whoo! That's a rather bold statement. I mean it. Of that, I have no doubt. It actually reminds me of my own relationship with my father. And uh, Reddy's like, he didn't approve of your business. Where is he now? And Hiram says, therein lies a tale. And we get this lovely camera move from Hiram to the space between them. And it's relit with a man shining shoes with his son with a businessman being serviced and it's like it's a it's a beautiful camera move and i thought that was great and it also was very like we're flashing back and we get new york city 1988
0: it's very good fellas also very once upon a time in america Sure,
1: i'm fine with it
0: this is a classic mob tale camera swipe
1: love it i'm here for it it was appropriate Like, I I ain't mad about it.
0: That's one of the good ones.
1: That's one of the good ones. So now we get Mark Consuelos as Javier Luna. And so he's got this little pencil thin mustache. And then we have (laughs) his real life son, Michael Consuelos, playing Jaime Luna, who later becomes Hiram, which that's going to get interchanged a lot in this episode. Just accept it. Just accept (laughs) it. We're just going to be okay with it. Again, Michael Consuelos played Hiram in the uh, Midnight Club episode. He was fabulous in that. And here, I mean, he is so great. And it's almost creepy because from from the nose up, he is all Mark Consuelos. And his mouth is totally his mom. And if you don't know, his mom is Kelly Ripa. Cracks me up. It's just, it's
0: really good. What's even weirder is their voices.
1: Their voices are very similar. Like, Michael doesn't have quite that tone but some of that's age.
0: Yeah. He just doesn't have the slight bit of gravel with age, Yeah. but that's it. They have the same register. They have the same delivery on a lot of stuff. It's weird in a good way. I did watch
1: Michael did an Instagram takeover for when the episode came out and someone asked him, what was it like working with your dad? Because the last time he didn't have any scenes with him and he said, oh, it was really great. But it was also really, really freaky because with that mustache, he actually looks like Michael's real life grandfather. <laughs> it, was really, it, was, it was weird. It was, it was really freaky. Uh, so I thought I would just imagine that. And I thought it was pretty funny. So Javier is shining the guy's shoes. The, the businessman's was like, oh, man, I must have left my wallet in the other jacket. And you can just see it. in young Hiram. And he's just like, ah, oh, this fucker fucking he's trying to swindle us and javier's just like uh, that's okay just pay me double next time and the businessman is like No, oh, no i got something better than cash and he hands them this silvery rock it's like what well, that my friend is palladium it's a precious metal worth more than gold and that tiny piece alone would fetch you over a hundred dollars which is like okay cool like all right, cool. This is how we found out what palladium was. Great.
0: Such a such a rush on this. Like that that is the other thing about this episode is that all of the exposition is crammed into like three scenes.
1: Well, I'm fine with this this being the tag before we get into our our credits, but the front part was so loaded. It was too much. Oof. It was too much. There's a lot going on right there. It could have been rearranged into some shit with Reggie's like they could have had him pay off Hiram in the last episode so we can set up Reggie. I'm um, almost done paying off Hiram. And so then we see him pay off Hiram. And so this episode, it starts with Marty telling Hiram, leave my son alone. That's where we should have started with this. This
0: episode. Something like that. Man.
1: It, it would have cut so much of that out and allowed given space to breathe because this is too This is too packed. It just Ooh. is. Yeah. Javier asked the question, where did you get it? And so then we get the confirmation that we are officially in New York state. An old buddy of mine told me that there were a whole unmined veins of Palladium upstate in a Rockland County town called Riverdale. And Javier is like, Riverdale on the Sweetwater? Yes, sir. You head north to Riverdale. Might just change your life. Huh?
0: Riverdale.
1: So... Yeah, that's a whole lot to to like throw into the first 12 minutes of this episode.
0: What's wild is the rest of the episode flows real well.
1: Yeah, well that was they had a timing problem. I can guarantee yes. you that's the issue, but again, you needed to move some shit around. Like this was something y'all have had this done for a long time. We re-edit some shit, okay? Like <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's obnoxious. So, we come back and we're getting a little more exposition with some Hiram narration. And basically, this had captured his dad's imagination. So they moved into an apartment in Riverdale. And Reggie asks in the in the voiceover, like, Oh, what's their palladium? There were mines. My father got a job at one, but after six months, there was a collapse. He survived with the mines were shut down. And at this, we see Javier come in and he's in a miners uniform and he's got a head wound. Yep. Um, so he's 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 had his bell rung a little bit. And Reggie asks in the, in the voiceover, and no Palladium, rumors of it. But no, my father decided we would stay in Riverdale, make our American dreams come true. My mom got a job waiting tables at Pops. And so we see her there at Pops. And she is serving the original four, Fred Andrews, Alice, Hermione Gomez, and F.P. Jones. And this is like, I swear, when I first saw this, that was not Cole. And they'd cut out his head. And then when I went back to watch, it was like, oh, no, he's there. <laughs> it is him sitting in that booth, or they superimposed his face on there. I don't know. But he's there. That's the only time we see in this episode. So that's kind of a cute little thing. And then we go outside, and the boys are shining shoes, and they've got a jerk customer who thinks that they're not doing a good job, and they're refusing to pay. This makes uh young Hiram mad, so he tries to go after him. And Javier's like, No, no, no! It's just one customer. Let's we're we're not going to worry about it, young Hiram can tell that something's changed in his dad. You know, once the mine collapsed, he just wasn't in it, but they became fixtures outside of pops and their customer base uh, grew. And now he was polishing as many shoes as his dad. And so now he is shining the shoes of Vito. Mm-hmm. This kind of like the big mo- boss guy. And he stops him and says, Hey, that's good enough. Hands him a bill. It looks like it's a hundred.
0: Yeah. That's that's what I was surmising when I saw it. They don't
1: close it because it's like it's either twenty or a hundred. And even twenty dollars and eighty-eight would have been a lot of money. Yeah. But I, I think it's a hundred.
0: He's dropping big bills. He's
1: dropped he's dropping a lot of money on on a shoe shine. Yeah. That at most costs ten dollars at
0: most. Oh, in nineteen eighty eight, it probably costs
1: five or two six
0: bucks. two bucks. Eh, I don't know.
1: Whatever. I'm not up to date on my shoe shine prices please let me know. Shuflation. Shuflation. And <laughs> Jaime is looking at this like, oh, I don't think I can make change for this, sir. Consider it a tip for a job well done. Oh, well, thank you, sir. No problem. And Javier is just sitting on the steps of Pops drinking a coffee. And so Vito gets up and he leaves like, hey, listen, if you're ever looking for a little extra work, you come see me at Cucina Sacasa. I might have something for you. Uh, have a good evening, gentlemen. And Jaime's like, hell yeah, that guy has money and he gave me some and he's telling me I can get more work. Cool. And Javier just comes up with his copy. Don't be fooled, Jaime. That man is a gangster. His money is blood money. All right. And you can just you can see it on Jaime's face. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Money's money.
0: I love Javier Luna. Javier Luna reminds me so much of Fred Andrews.
1: He has that goodness quality, Mm -hmm. which is is why they shot him. They keep shooting dads. They keep shooting dads moms go to cults dads (laughs) go to (laughs) yeah yeah so now we go to school and god hermione's such a bitch
0: okay for me the problem is that it's not even that it's that she has zero given to her in this story to give her any kind of agency
1: there's no acting here and this reasoning is stupid
0: all of it, the whole thing.
1: It's so offensive. Like, honestly, it's really offensive. Especially like, okay, so Jaime asks money out. She says, "You can keep asking me, but the answer is no." He's like, "Why?" Oh, well, my mother forbids it. She doesn't want me to date the man of a son who signs shoes for a living. Barf. Which is fucking class is bullshit. Which uh, it does Jaime, happen. It does ha- It does. It does happen. But again, this is classes is bullshit. Uh, with all due respect, your mom cleans toilets and changes bed sheets at the five seasons. What's the difference? Point Jaime. Uh uh-huh. huh. How, how is my, jo- my dad's job any different than your mom's job? And why is that a reflection of who
0: we are as people? There's room to have this as an actual discussion point throughout the episode, but then they just drop it except for one gotcha moment near the end. Like the whole thing is stupid because it wasn't necessary. If they were going to make it about class, then make it.
1: Make that. it about class. But here's the thing she is not of that class either
0: no she aspires to it
1: she's aspiring to it just like jaime just like javier they've got the same thing going it's just this is also part of that well women marry up and men you know women try to marry into with a man with more money and men marry women who are going to help them make more money and she doesn't want her daughter to be a woman who helps a man make more money he should already have money it's it's a lot of that class is bullshit too so it's just it's awful like it's awful and we didn't need this she could have we could have just left it as my mother forbids it my mother forbids it and it could have been like why like what's the problem it's like my mom works too hard for me to throw away my life uh, on boys yep like just leave it as that like my mom won't let me date my mom saying no no way
0: It just there's not enough time for us to story point
1: absolutely if there was
0: and it was just about these characters like mm-hmm. the whole show revolved around them Then we've got some room to talk about this, but we don't. We do not have that time in this episode. No, we kind
1: of left that because then later she says like, I'm really sorry. She just wants the best for me. That's fine. My mom forbids me from dating. She just wants the best for me. But for what it's worth, I do think you're cute. That would have been enough.
0: There you go.
1: Because (laughs) then, then his motivation is, yeah, she already likes me, but it's her mom. Then we could have gotten more of Marisol Nichols with him trying to schmooze mom.
0: Because well, you know.
1: well, that would have been a good scene. Like, oh, see, I got a second job. So I have two jobs because I am an entrepreneur. I'm a go-getter. I'm going to make something of myself. So I am worthy of your daughter's time. It's just, it's, it's gross. Let me get some Hiram, old Hiram narration. Hermione's words cut me to the bone. As long as I shine shoes for a living, I was a second class citizen, but I refuse to accept that. <laughs> so he goes to vetoes. And okay. he just he's like I want to work for you and Vito you know he's doing a card game more gangster shit and it's like well why is that and I do like I I did like this scene like, because you have two things I don't money and respect and Vito's like that's not respect kid that's fear there's a big difference
0: Vito is fucking straight up he's, the entire time he's straight
1: this whole time
0: and I love it like that all too often when shows do like the gangster a sort of, guy a theme around that they play it to the stereotype mm-hmm. they didn't do that with this they played it to the actual reality which is what movies like the godfather and all all these movies play so well to is the reality of we know we're not good people we have a code and all well, no,
1: no, so it's like no we're we're good people we just do bad shit
0: Yep. That's how we get our money.
1: We're doing bad. Shit. We're good people. Fuck you. We go. To, we go to church on Sunday. I say my Hail Marys. I give money to the diocese. That's that's typically how it's couched. It's like
0: and Vito's Vito's not gonna fuck with this kid. He's just gonna be like, this is how this shit works. Yeah. So if if you're down, you're down. It's the same way Hiram treats Reggie.
1: Well, I mean, this is who Hiram has modeled himself after. Yeah, absolutely, in good ways and bad, and actually. Hiram is the one who has gone the way of being um, duplicitous about what he's expecting these children to do. Remember when when Archie was his errand boy? Oh, yeah. He was not telling him shit about fuck. And granted, oh, yeah. he was sleeping with his daughter, but that's a whole other problem. So he's like, he got guts, kids, Didn't tell his dad. And he's like, all right, I got a delivery for you to make. Think you can handle it? Jaime's like, absolutely. So he makes the delivery. And this guy, he's delivering what's probably drugs, too. is like, you don't look like one of Vito's typical employees. What's your name? Hi, Luna. You people, you work twice as fast for half the pay. Enhance the money. This is So I hate this, but I get it. This is racial profiling. That's basically that's basically what he's saying, and that's also a reason why he changes his name later. He doesn't want anyone to prejudge who he is based solely on his name.
0: Yeah, this is this is one of those moments where. It's gross, it's gross, but it's gross for a point.
1: It's gross for a point, and it's also, in this world, 1988. I don't love it, but I get it.
0: I like the spin they put on it, too.
1: Yes. And also, it just reminds me of something. My grandfather, who was a Javier, he immigrated. He's definitely had a strong accent. His brother also a strong, had had a strong accent, but my grandfather knew he had to get rid of that if he was going to be taken seriously. So he worked very hard to speak English without his accent so that he could be taken seriously. You know, and he, he was my grandfather. He slept in his car when he went to UCLA. That's how he got through college. Like, very talented dude. Um, but, like, it's so weird. Like, his, him and his brother, night and day. You would not think they grew up in the same house because those are the choices they made. Um, yeah. It's sad and it's horrible and people shouldn't have to do that. It's some bullshit. <laughs> I'm mad. But I do like, I do like how they bring it back around and how they don't have Jaime pretend it didn't happen, that it wasn't nope. said. I do appreciate that. Uh, so he goes back to Casino Sacasa. Vito's like, okay, thanks. You know, um, any problems as he's like counting out the money? And Jaime says, uh, the guy made some comments that didn't sit well with me about my background. You know, where I come from. Okay. Vito, Vito does take this seriously. Like, he's yep. just like, okay. All right. Well, that's Louie. And everyone knows Louie's a clown. So you don't take that personally. And okay. I mean, I don't I don't love that being the response, but it's fair.
0: Well, it's it's also just the thing of like, all right, just know this kid. I can go to bat for you as much as I want. Louis' is not gonna fucking change.
1: <laughs> the the thing I suck about that is like, you know, your whoever your racist coworker is. Well, you just have to accept that. It was like nah, I shouldn't have to. No, I shouldn't
0: you shouldn't have to. <laughs> Also, it's fucking mobsters. Yeah, it's, it's mobsters. So. <laughs> Part of this is like, if you don't like your coworker, your coworker might pull a gun on you. So...
1: It's <laughs> like, you know, we need to not make a big deal out of this. That's what but we're i saying. like
0: I like what Vito brings. Next.
1: He tells him, try not to make let it make you angry. To which Jaime says, I try, but it still makes me really angry. Which feels like you still kept your cool, and on this, but in this business, that means everything. And uh, Jaime takes that seriously. Okay, like I can get mad. I'm allowed to be mad. Like he didn't tell him not to get mad about it, but you have to keep your cool. Like yeah. you, you do. Which is good advice to people who have you have to deal with in the real world that you can't remove from your life reasonably.
0: There's also this element that that goes along with every gangster story, and mm-hmm. that is that there is a much more subtle. Mm -hmm. form of manipulation yep that sort of coercion it's really more like positive feedback it's manipulation more than anything sure but it is this thing of by the way here's here's a little extra cut for you for dealing with that bullshit and let me remind you of what a good job you just did because you don't get that from anywhere else in society
1: i gave you a pile of money which is what you came to see me for and i complimented you to make you forget about the bad thing Companies do this shit all the time, too. Oh, you're having a bad experience? We want to make sure you don't sue us or file complaints that could become public. Um, Here's some more money. Here's a better position. Companies do it all the fucking time. Like, it's the same thing.
0: Yep. So on a much smaller scale. <laughs> With much more dangerous consequences.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Jaime's like, you can count on me, boss. And Vito's like, good boy. Like a dog.
0: Yeah. That's how it goes.
1: Which... A nice little like veiled callback to Veronica's dog in the street comment, which, oh, one of her best scenes in this entire show. It's true. I forgot about that moment for a second. it was great. Uh so we go back to the uh, Luna apartment and you know, Jaime's coming in. He's got fresh socks and shiny shoes and He was earning more money in one week than he would in two months shining shoes. And whoever said money couldn't buy happiness was a sucker. It's true. He's not wrong.
0: He's not wrong.
1: I I prefer the the adage that money can't buy happiness, but it can make depression a whole lot easier to deal with. (laughs) I think that's true. And we got Javier being like, hey, I haven't seen you in a few days. Where have you been? And Jaime like half lies. Because I got a job at that fancy Italian place across town. I make deliveries. Very nice shoes for a delivery boy. Oh, you know it pays well, and I get good tips.
0: No lies, detected. Nope. No, but um, Jaime's really, really good at it. He's at, really, at really lying.
1: He's really, really good at it. And Dad, but Dad sees through. It's like mm, I know what's going
0: oh, on. Oh, Dad, fucking knows from moment one.
1: Dad, Dad's like I'm not stupid. <sighs> Naive, not stupid. There's a difference. Uh, so we cut back to school and love the music they're playing here. It's like with money also came confidence. And I needed every ounce of it to win over Hermione Gomez. And so we ha- we see Jaime walk down the hall and he's got this leather jacket on. He looks very young, Hiram, like, mo- like 80s mobster guy. And he goes into that classroom he sits down. And he's just like, how about that date, gorgeous? Uh, you know, I'm nothing if not persistent. And... <laughs> like hermione looks around and she's like oh she double takes him and she's like oh you know what you twisted my arm i'll allow you to buy me dinner at pops tonight and, what okay what
0: fucking changed he showed that up he with has money money
1: yeah he showed up with money that's the problem he didn't have money before this whole
0: goddamn character shit for hermione is so annoying and a waste of camilla No,
1: how this should have played out was him rolling up to her and her mom shopping at the grocery store or something and him offering to carry her package or doing some good deed for her mother, schmoozing her up and then asking her mother if he could take her to Pops for dinner. That's how they should have played this because then it would have been like, see how good he's gotten at schmoozing. We already knew he had it in him, but like, see, see how good it is. He knew he had to go after mom, not Hermione to allow Hermione to to come out.
0: It's just that thing of like, Hermione lays it down, lays down, look, these are my principles. This is what I'm going for. And then throw it out the goddamn window. Well,
1: because then that also, I mean, I don't love it, but it puts Hermione in a position where it's like, well, if mom says I can go out on a date with him, I have to go on the date with him, whether I'm really wanting to or not. They could have even had it been like, oh, I'm just really focused on my schoolwork. I need to get in a good college. I can do all this, but... It's my, but my mom won't let me date. And that's not really true. It's just, it's just the line she's giving. So she doesn't have to date people she may not be totally interested in.
0: Yeah, the story logic with all of this was just so fucking stupid when there were ways to make it like rich and mean some shit.
1: No, I really think it was more, we have to have these characters. So we have to give them something to do. And it's like, you really didn't because then you have the core four and Madeline Petch. Show up in this episode as their parent counterparts for no fucking reason. Literally, no fucking reason.
0: Hermione is the only character that you did need to legitimately work. Absolutely, with. give the others
1: the day off. Who
0: cares? What? Well, well, the one shot at pops is fine. Give them the one shot at pops. Let them be in the background and let it le- let it stay there. Like that's it. Mm. They're in the town. We've got to acknowledge that they're there. No, I I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Go
1: learn your shit for the musical. That was taking a lot of time. I don't ah. care. So then we go to Pops and you know, Jaime's doing his thing. Order anything on the menu. Hell, order it all if you want. <laughs> and that's when Hermione's like, oh, I didn't realize there's so much money in the shoe shine business. Cuh. Jaime's just like, well, there isn't, but that doesn't stop my dad from working like dog day in and day out to provide for my mom and me. And then we get Hermione saying, you know. I can relate. My mother sacrificed so much working at the five seasons all to make my life a little easier. I wish there was a way I could repair. And Jaime commiserates like, yeah, me too. That's exactly why I got another job. It's like I'm making deliveries for Vittorio Alto. Oh, you mean Vito, the gangster? And instantly Jaime is like, no, no, no. He, uh, working for him is going to be on my ticket out of Riverdale. And you know, then a young pop comes and uh, takes their order. I do like a young pop. I love it. It's cute. <laughs> I'm here for that. And Hermione asks, you know, okay, so if you make it out of Riverdale, where are you going to go? I'm going to be living in a penthouse in New York City, running my own business. And she starts laughing and he's like, what did I say? She's like, oh, I want to live in Manhattan too. Okay. So they both have the same goal. Take care of their parents, be successful, live in New York.
0: This is why having a class differential makes no goddamn sense because these two characters are too similar on that perspective.
1: It really, it just feels icky and it really, it wasn't needed. It really should have just been like, Hermione's on the path to be successful on her own.
0: Legitimately.
1: Legitimately. She does not need a distraction of boys.
0: Exactly.
1: She needs no dating distractions. That's like, and that's where her mom is stretched. Like these boys are nothing but trouble. Boys are nothing but trouble. Oh my
0: God. Because the high room is nothing but fucking trouble. Absolutely.
1: Because the cops show up. And it's like you're under arrest for trafficking class two narcotic. He was right to remain silent, Blah 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 blah. Okay, cool. So he gets arrested. Everyone's like, "What the hell's going on?" We go to the police station. Officers trying to interrogate Jaime. No, like I- I've got nothing to say to you. How does that sound? Woo! So he he ain't talking. Damn, Jaime! <laughs> but then we go back to the Italian restaurant, and this time Hermione shows up. Whoa! Which is a little surprising, but I, but I like what it sets up later. This was good. It's like, how can I help you? I'm here about Jaime Luna. He's in trouble. So we cut directly back to the jail. Your bail has been posted. You're free to go. Okay. So Jaime spent the night in jail, not talking. Huh. So then we go back to the Italian restaurant and Vito's like, did you talk? Not a word. Who'd you call? No one. Not even your family, especially not my family. They'd be so ashamed of me. <laughs> so it's like, okay you, you did good. Like you protected me, protect my business. I'm proud of you. Um, You've proven yourself and I'm going to give you a bump up, no more deliveries from now on. You're going to be collecting that makes you part of the inner circle. And Jaime's like, oh my goodness, this is great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And he's like, okay, one, one piece of advice. You afraid to call your folks at home. You need to stop worrying about other people's expectations when you should be worrying about yourself. You've got to be your own man, especially if you want to make it in this business. And Jaime's like yeah okay I understand oh and you better marry that pretty girl who came by earlier she's like what he didn't know he's like what she came here It's like she's got her head screwed on right that one she had you back when you when you needed it don't let her get away Jaime's like well I think I might have blown my one shot with her mm, don't be so sure kid especially since I got you a little something um a bonus to go with your new promotion <laughs> cool I, I like this like, okay cool like this. This is how you get in good. You got to prove yourself. Love it. Great. Love that advice. Yeah, Hermione. She may not have been all in, but she was there to help you. Mm-hmm. She's good. She's a good person.
0: And then the most '80s thing ever.
1: We go back to school. He saddles up to Hermione with a lot of confidence. Like we should finish our date. Don't even try, Jaime. Fine. Well, if not, then please let me give you a ride. And then he flips some keys on his finger. And then we see them in a car parked
0: outside of Pops. She she sees the keys and is just like, <gasps> melt. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's got a car. It's so 80s. It's so
1: 80s, but I love it. I do. Oh, I, no, no, no. Yeah. I will let him have it because it makes me happy. <laughs> and so they're in the car and he's just like, I'm thinking about changing my name. And she's like, okay, why? I don't want to live in someone else's shadow. Okay, what are you thinking? Hiram Lot? as in, I'm going to have a lot in life. <laughs> Okay, cheesy. And Hermione's like, you know, that sounds nice, strong, unique, but lot. You can do better than that. How about something statelier, like lodge? Ooh. Okay, cool. All right, fine, cool. I mean, I agree. Hiram Lodge is better than lot. <laughs> um, he's like, okay, Hiram Lodge, not half bad. And then the kiss How's under done? the neon of pop, the neon of pop sign, like so many Romance. lovers before. Romance, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> Fred Andrews here <laughs> which in the promo for this episode they had not covered up one of kj appa's many tattoos on his wrist Ooh! but it was totally in that promo It was like um what if Fred andrew's get a tattoo funny that this is where this was wasted We've, so wasted so wasted if he wasn't gonna have more lines or presents, it's wasted and yeah it just feels a little disres- it's a little disrespectful so then we roll call Jaime Luna, to which he says, I actually go by a new name now. You can call me Hiram Lodge, to which the teacher's like, uh, and you have filled out the necessary paperwork being processed at the courthouse as we speak. And then from the background, we get young Marty, played by Charles Melton. Luna or Lodge will still be shining my old man's shoes for burgers, which again, it's like class is bullshit.
0: And Jaime just seethes.
1: Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, this is not okay. So then we cut to Auto Shop, which is a lovely tie to the fact that they brought Auto Shop back for you know the new Riverdale. And Marty's there with another student who we no- we don't ever know who they are. And Hiram is just wailing on him, just like say my name, want to hear you say it, Hiram Lodge. That's right. Don't you ever forget it.
0: Woo, with some Peruvian garage rock behind it. It's
1: pretty good. I looked that
0: up. I was like, ooh, I got to check this out later.
1: So then he goes home. And dad is not happy. And neither is mom. (sighs) Basically, he's like, "Um, I heard you beat up two students because they wouldn't call you Hiram Lodge. Like, are you crazy? They have some great Spanish thrown in here as well. I I appreciated that because there should be more Mm -hmm. of that. And it's just, he just calls him out. Like, you're working for the gangster. This isn't okay. Uh, I'm ashamed of you. You brought shame to the family. And Hiram is just like, I'm doing what's good for you and mom to give you the things you deserve, things you can't afford, which is rude. It's like, it's not it's not okay. Yeah. Like, don't don't shame people in that way. Like, maybe it's something they can't afford, but is it something that they absolutely need in their life?
0: No. I love that Javier's response is not to get mad, but to say, you sad, stupid boy." boy.
1: Like, and he says, working for the likes of Vito. It's going to cost you everything, everything you love.
0: And I just wrote narrator voice,
1: and it did. And it did foreshadowing.
0: <laughs> it cost him fucking everything.
1: It's like, okay, so wise dads just get shot that sh- and die? That's just the way it works.
0: Uh, Javier's such a good dad.
1: He's being a good dad, yeah. So then Jaime just gets to it and it's like, well, it's a good thing I'm not a Luna anymore because I don't want to be like you, spending my days shining shoes of men who look down on me. You can lecture me all you want about shame, but you can't buy mom a dishwasher or new shoes for yourself. It's embarrassing. Being your son is embarrassing. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, not okay. Ow. Well, and I like the mirror with Reggie and that Reggie has legitimate reasons to be embarrassed by his father. His father is an abusive asshole. Yeah. Like he's physically abusing him his whole life for Reggie to. Be like, you're not my dad anymore.
0: It's got real fucking reasons.
1: It's it's got teeth. Like your dad yeah. not having a lot of money, but working hard to give the family what they actually need, need, not want, need to be okay. That's not shameful.
0: It's not. And and this is, I mean, this is a teenager thing. Like, sure, he's frustrated, he's pissed, he's lashing out, and it's just he's cutting to the bone. Absolutely. It's honestly, it's really good, despite how hurtful and painful it is because sure. it just plays to Hiram as a character so
1: well. Yeah. So now we get another lovely mirrored scene with Javier at the Italian restaurant with Mr. Mr. Vito with all due respect, I want you to leave my son alone. He's he's a good boy, but impressionable, okay? Uh this is a very respect this this is and this also shows the difference between um Javier and Marty and that he went to the man respectfully. Yeah. And Vito's just like, I'm telling you, what do you want? What do you not want your son to be successful? He's got nice things, a pretty girlfriend. See, to me, your son's old enough to make his own decisions. It's not. He's still a teenager.
0: Vito doesn't care about anything but the money, though.
1: <laughs> and this is where we see that Javier does have some teeth. I think you misunderstand me. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Whatever arrangement exists between you and my son, it's over. And Vito's like, or what? What are you going to do? I'm going to call the police and tell them everything about you and your dirty business.
0: Oh no!
1: That was the wrong thing to say.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, Javier is is a believer.
1: He's an idealist. He he wants to believe the best in people. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, if you are this person, that's also fine. Just gotta know. Don't tell an organized crime boss that. Don't um. Don't threaten them that way. That's a bad idea. It's not bad. So <laughs> you're just like, you know, let me think it over. I'll be in touch. So then we get some narration from old Hiram. My father was a smart man. He believed human nature was good, but he was wrong.
0: I love cutting to actually seeing him on screen there.
1: Yeah, that was great. We got to see a little moment of reflection of being like, my dad was a good guy.
0: My dad was a great guy.
1: And he gets shot down in the parking lot of
0: Pops. The oranges that Pop is holding is so annoying.
1: Here's the thing though. If you don't know, you don't know.
0: because
1: I, I didn't think about it when I first saw it. It was just like, okay, whatever. But then the second I was like, oh yeah, the oranges, the oranges from The Godfather. It's the oranges
0: whole th- and the Godfather. It's Sonny ho- getting shot. And- it's a
1: whole thing. Just, yeah. Which I'm fine with. It makes total sense. They they they've already mentioned the movie. It's great. I'm here for it.
0: What I do really love about this scene is the choice of music to play La Llorona. Yeah. Instead of, instead of going Italian, which is mm-hmm. the obvious choice, they went with La Llorona, which is a beautiful song about, about suffering in Spanish. And that works really well with that scene.
1: Yeah. No, it's great. Uh, and Marcus Wells does a great job dying. It's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: does. He does. He did.
1: He's sad. Uh, then we go to a funeral. And Apollonia shows up.
0: We also learn Hiram's mom's name, which is Lourdes.
1: Yeah, this is where we, we find out her name is Lourdes, which is cool. And so Apollonia played by Marisol Nichols. Right? <laughs> it's great to see her back. I mean, like, she's not my favorite person, but that's cool. She says, you know, I'm very sorry for your loss. Uh, Javier seemed like a warm and caring man. To which Hiram, thank you for coming, Mrs. Gomez. He was a good man, even for a lowly shoeshiner. which earned earned
0: i love that moment i hate that we had that storyline but i love that moment yeah
1: i uh i misjudged him i'm not proud of that my deepest apologies hiram thank you so then we get the only reason why they did like they did this is we've got hermione alice and penelope who have almost no words but they're just commenting on hiram and was like one day he can't rub two nickels together and the next he's driving a fancy sports car and taking you out on the town we all know the truth your boyfriend is a gangster so penelope blossom would she would that's 100 percent what penelope blossom would say i'm totally okay with this and i do like that we then we have hermione defending him he's like his name is hiram and as for what he thought would happen he thought he'd be able to make a better life for his family because family is more important to him than anything Nice foreshadowing for later. Can either of you two skanks say the same? To which she walks away and then we have Lily Reinhardt as Alice and Madeline Petch as Penelope looking at each other and being like, no, we really can't. <laughs> which also, also add to that, they will later be related. Yeah. They, later, their, their families will be entwined.
0: And also lots of family drama. Oh, the, the wor- almost worst family drama. Almost. Alice. <laughs> Lily is Alice just because cause Penelope's just like, ugh, and huffs away. Alice is just like, ugh, and then slowly turns away. Where's from that,
1: the like, bar?
0: Ouch. <laughs> and I like, I do like that Alice is also being much more sweet about this. It's just like, I hope he's okay. Yeah.
1: So then Vito shows up. Oh, boy. And... Hiram instantly goes into like okay uh you know being being a host to Vito here at this funeral you know Vito schmoozes the widow and thinking, I know your husband was a good man an honest man his kindness will be missed I'm sorry for your loss and so then he tells Hiram you take as much time as you need we'll pick up where we left off no disrespect for the dead but now at least you can be your own man that you were destined to be
0: Michael Consuelos's face he like barely tilts his head, and his eyes go a little bit wide, and you can tell right then he's playing. Oh, fuck oh, you, you
1: fucker! This is you.
0: But he hides it. He, hides, he it. hides it perfectly. You can see
1: it's it's this it's the same thing he did when he made the delivery when he got mad about what the man said about him. It's and it's the, the same, same thing.
0: thing Hiram does all the fucking yep. time on this show. This this is one
1: of those funny like DNA things between father and son. They're just like, yep.
0: It's perfect. It's it great. works perfectly.
1: It's a lovely thing that worked out. And as before Vito leaves, says, you know, whatever she needs, whatever you need, come see me. Capiche. Thanks, Vito.
0: And you can just see Hiram's like, oh, I'll come see you, motherfucker.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get a scene between Loras and, and Hiram. And she's, you know, whispering prayers. And she's like, I'm so lucky to still have you. There's oh. bueno I beg of you, please be done with this nasty business. Uh, I mean, it's, I love the Spanish that they put in here.
0: It's so sweet.
1: It's very sweet. I don't believe that they um, translated it, which I also love. Yeah. Like you don't need to know exactly what the English translation is of these phrases. You get it from the context. Like you just do.
0: Yeah. They're not having lengthy conversations. They're just interjecting it within how they're talking. And so it makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah. I wish we would have gotten this more from, present Hiram and Hermione like we got like Mija and Pobrecita which you know I grew up hearing all the time but we don't get (laughs) enough and I would have liked a few arguments with whenever Hiram and Hermione were fighting if more of it had been in Spanish we could have Mm. used that so he promises and uh, she's just like oh gracias uh, Mijo gracias she's just like okay I'm relieved so Hiram goes to the Italian restaurant and Vito's not there but it's the card the guys in his group he was playing cards with previously and i'm like hey get i heard about your old man sorry for his loss i'm looking for Vito. oh he came by my house earlier uh well he ain't here pull up a chair i'll deal you in and uh he just asked them straight up did Vito have my father killed and then they established previously that a train goes by this restaurant mm-hmm. train comes and hiram kills them all
0: we get a super scorsese shot yep the totally out of marty's book right here God damn! It
1: was good. It was good. I was not was expect-
0: really good. I wasn't expecting that. I really wasn't. No, no. But he just slaughters. So.
1: <laughs> he just shoots them all down, and so we get this narration. I never found out why Vito wasn't at the the restaurant that night. Probably dumb luck. But I made my point, <laughs> and so we 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 get that as we see Hiram come home covered in blood with two shakes from pops, what? and like his mom is like. Jaime, I'm going to go put the shakes in the fridge.
0: And at this point, he is fully Hiram.
1: He's morphing. And we get more narration. Vito skipped town and never came back. He knew if he did, he'd meet the same fate as his underlings. And so then we cut to young Hiram is making a delivery. And the guy's like, what happened to Vito? Where does he want abroad to visit his family? But from now on, you should consider me the new Vito. Hiram Lodge, understood. The guy's like, all right, works for me. And so then... We, we get to see Hiram in his office. And like from that day forward, I was Riverdale's new boss. People paid me their dues. And soon I was moving up in the world. And then we cut to, it's a flashback, but it's Mark Consuelos as Hiram getting his shoes shine. And he gives a really big tip to the, the shoe shine guy. And Reggie goes, well, then what happened? I got married, Reggie. I became a father and I knew true happiness, which is very cheesy, but it's like, okay, this is tracking. This is tracking on what they've said. Like, Family means everything. Family means everything. Family can also be bullshit. Let's not forget that.
0: He could have gone for the grift, but he didn't.
1: He didn't. And so then we cut to Marisol Nichols as Hermione. They're in an apartment. She's holding a baby. She's like, Remember our first date when you told me that we would move to New York together? It's time, Hiram, to leave this all behind and keep your promise, not only for us, but for your little girl. And uh, he's just like, whatever you want, me, Amor. He's like, we moved to New York and the rest is history. To which this just is that like, this is the point in the episode goes, so when did he have time to have Hermosa?
0: Yeah, no. It's... When
1: did that happen in here? Which is fine.
0: It's Hiram telling his side of the story. It's
1: it's totally fine. But yeah. it's like, well, that happened in that, in the, like, because Hermosa's a lot older. They don't tell give us an age, but she's significantly older than Veronica. So that was kind of, that's when Hermosa really popped up in my head. Like, where does she fit into all of this? So it makes the, the end reveal, it made it really great for me. And so we cut to Reggie and he's like, that's one hell of a saga, Mr. Lodge. What brought you back to Riverdale? Well, it turns out my father was correct about the Palladium. He was simply looking in the wrong place. Eventually, I did discover a vein, but it was thin. But it was a sign that I could succeed where my father failed. So I built a prison over that vein so that behind the walls, I could do whatever I wanted and nobody could see. As a smoke screen, Reggie finishes the thought. Okay, so you had your prisoners do the digging. Yes, but now that vein is tapped with a disappointingly small yield. So I need to get to the one that I found out of the Blossom Maple Groves. There we go. Okay, so that brings us back to what we heard in the very beginning of this flash forward. He comes every week to ask to buy my Maple Groves, which, okay, that's going to be the thing. That's going to get the Blossoms fucking some money.
0: It's all about palladium.
1: All about palladium, but as soon as Cheryl figures that out, that's how she's going to get all that money. But mommy's going to steal it from her. That's my prediction on that.
0: Sorry. Or mommy's not going to let her defile the estate.
1: Yes, she will. If it means fucking money. Yes, she will. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. So he's just like, if I fail, all my Everton Riverdale, all my gains, all my losses will be for nothing. I will not let that happen. I will finish what my father began. Reggie's just impressed. You're unstoppable, Mr. Lodge. You started with nothing. You got everything you wanted. And this is where Hiram is like, did I? Is that what you've taken away from my story? You have money, you have respect, business, what more can a man want? And Hiram just kind of like, all right, okay. That was not the intention of him telling Reggie this story. No. No, he wanted Reggie to be like, I got to take care of my dad. Yeah. That's what he was hoping Reggie would say.
0: I don't even know if Hiram thought that to begin with, but once he got into it.
1: That's where he landed. Yeah. Because Reggie doesn't see Hiram as having no family. No, Because Reggie, as far as we know, only has his dad. And yeah. so if he, if you cut Dad out, no no love is lost there. Like he's abandoned me as a person, anyways. Yep. So that's all Reggie can see because that's all he wants for himself, which is totally fair, keeping with what we know about Reggie. He's like, okay, um, I for what I want is you to drive me somewhere. Okay, um, I'd like to visit an old friend at a nursing home. And Reggie's like, do you mind if I ask who? Not at all. It's Vito, the man who murdered my father.
0: <laughs> which
1: at that point like i knew of course of course that's who we found he found Vito, and so we go to the little nursing home and he kills him he just he kills him he's got a silencer
0: he gets this really great line
1: said amigos la vida said amigos en la, la muerto adios Vito."
0: <laughs> so, such gangster shit yeah
1: so yeah, it's a great line. I love the Spanish. That's why I, that, and it's, it's, that seems so like that's so colorful and gives so much more life to these people. I want more of it. More Spanish, <laughs> more Spanish for everybody. I'm sorry to my fourth grade teacher when I wrote her a letter saying I hated our Spanish class. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was really poorly taught and super boring. That's why I got mad at it. So then we have Reggie driving Hiram in the car. And uh, I hear him just says, Reggie, I want to thank you for your help and your discretion, but I won't be needing your services anymore. She's like, what? So, like, for the rest of the night, sure. It's like, no, you're done, Reggie. I no longer require your services. And I like, no, I, you, I want this. I want what you have. I says, like, yeah, but you don't see it. From where I'm at, if I could go back and spend a few more years shining shoes with my dad, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Oh, And the thing is, that resonates with Reggie so much. He's like, but I can't go back to that car lot. Yeah. I left so I could prove my father what I can do, who I can be. And I would just give him one more chance or not, but your debt is paid. I'm giving you an out, Reggie. Do not insult me and accept it. (laughs) Oh, shit. And this this is another thing that was like, yes, this is very mobster gangster, but it's so good. Because usually the mobster gangster stories are once you're in, you can never get out. That's just it. And then we see a story of someone so close to getting out and then they die. Whatever, um, or or they their family gets out, but they don't, or they die. <laughs> it's, it's always the way it is. So I do love the the little switch there that we've got. Where he's just like, you can't see it, you got to try, but we're done.
0: The interesting thing is that this is what I think is eventually going to bring Hiram down. Yes, and and we see it later on in the episode, but it's like this moment
1: mm-hmm. of
0: vulnerability. Mm-hmm. In letting Reggie go, and in saying, and in finding that like I, I need my family. Mm-hmm. That's what's eventually gonna drive him over and ruin everything for him.
1: Oh, for sure, because Reggie knows everything. Well, he knows almost everything. He knows enough to be dangerous.
0: There's so many different implications based off of this decision and all the stuff around it that it's like what a huge story point for Hiro. <laughs> it's awesome it's perfect oh yeah that's perfect for this story and for everything in the future
1: again that's why this episode should have been the mid-season premiere Uh uh-huh it sets a whole new tone for what we're about to do and it doesn't bring up any bullshit with the core four in present day because none of that gets resolved in the last episode anyways like nothing's changed it just, it moves the needle around a little bit. And this one makes us go, this is our bad guy. And this is the bad guy in front of us. We're going to focus on that. And now, now we're going to get to a place where it's, so the, our, our guy on the inside, Reggie is now going to be out. He's not on the inside anymore. That's just, a that's just so much more compelling. Hey, you know, Riverdale, you know where to find me. <laughs> so now we go to, back to the mantle dealership. And Reggie comes in and dad's there. What are you still doing here, dad? Why aren't you at home? And Marty's not okay. He's like, I'm sorry, Reg. I'm ashamed. I've never done right for you. Not ever. But I, but I want to start, son. Which I appreciate. <laughs> like, It's an acknowledgement of wrongdoing. Not exactly it. But I, but I appreciate it.
0: It's a start. <laughs>
1: it's a start. Yeah. To which Reggie says, your time is good. I'm done with Mr. Lodge. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but if you're serious about your offer, I am. Then you've got to let me run with the ball a little. Football, like, trust that I can take care of some things. Listen to my ideas. I have good ideas sometimes. If you can do that, then we can try one more time. And how does that sound? Mantle and Sun. And, like, uh, dad is just overwhelmed. I and, mean, you know, it's, like, it's okay, dad. It's okay. Ah,
0: I love the Reggie Himba moment. I have good ideas sometimes.
1: <laughs> it's funny because he said that to Hiram, but he said it with such confidence. He said it as a salesman. And here he's a little boy. You're like, dad, I have good ideas sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's the different dynamic and Charles Melton are fabulous. Oh. So then we cut to Hiram in his hotel room, watching Hermione and Veronica on the television.
0: Oh, we know what, they're, what he's watching.
1: <laughs> well, to be fair, this is Hiram. So when I first watched this scene, I was like, oh, because she, she's on The Real Housewives. So they're watching an episode of the Real Housewives. And then later it was like, but was it the Real Housewives, or does he have a camera in the Pembroke? Because I wouldn't put past Hiram. It's the Hiram of it all. So when I watched it the second time, I was like, no, because they're cutting back with camera angles. They should have just put the Chiron on it so that we knew it was that. Or the little R
0: H O N Y logo. Uh, Roni. But the tip off.
1: The tip off is I cannot believe Dorinda when I told her I was coming back to Riverdale to visit you. She referred to it as my ex-husband's crime-infested hellhole, which is accurate, but still makes me want to strangle her. <laughs> uh you do not put the Real Housewives theme under this, I will be so mad. (laughs) I love this for several reasons. You all know I love all the Real Housewives of wherever they are because it's so entertaining. I know that most of them are garbage, but I don't care. Also, Daruna is not a current housewife as of 2021. She's probably coming back because Roni right now sucks. That's a different podcast, but it's true. (laughs) You can tweet me about this. But it's it's also funny if you know that Mark Consuelos and Kelly Ripa are really good friends with Andy Cohen, <laughs> and Co- Andy Cohen has previously made a cameo on this show. So I'm just like, this is hilarious to me. It's very good. I love it. It makes me so happy.
0: And Hiram's just sitting with you know some snacks, watching watching his ladies on the Real Housewives.
1: And Veronica's like, mom, can we just have a nice lunch? I invited you to here to see the renovation, not trash talk people on your show. And, you know, she's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And, she's, you know, how's your father? Haven't you seen him? Oh, you know, only what he wants to cause trouble, which is always, (laughs) you know what his problem is? He's never satisfied by what he has. He'll never be happy. You know, then we get Veronica like, yeah, that tracks. He should have retired when he had the chance seven years ago. Remember? And, uh. Hermione's like oh please he would sooner die and Veronica asked the question that I want the answer to was he ever even really sick click <laughs> he and I just wrote my nose. yeah he instantly mutes it because his phone starts ringing and I was like thank you so much because we don't get to hear any more of that conversation which I love like I love the suspense of it because I thought he was being poisoned he was either faking it or he was being poisoned by somebody neither one would have surprised me it's probably Hermosa Oh, I would love it if Hermosa's getting the take on her dad. That would be the
0: best. Oh, Hermosa's here to pull a triple cross. No doubt.
1: Oh, I'm here for this. So we we get Hiram's on the phone. He's still watching the ladies, but they're on mute. Oh, Hermosita, it's done. I don't know how you found Vito, but your grandfather has been avenged. A bullet to the head. I saw it when I went to do cleanup. (laughs) Did you find any security cameras? Yes, but they've been wiped clean. Good. Very good. I've sacrificed so much to get this far. I can't stumble now. And when I've mined all the palladium that eluded my father, I'll get back everything I've lost too. And he says that last line while you watch him staring at Hermione and Veronica on the TV. (laughs) Riverdale. It's so fun. It's so fun. I loves it. I loves it so Uh, much. But yeah, this was a way, this is a way better. Like Min season opener.
0: Well, unfortunately it's not an opener because they're big old turd buckets. Yeah,
1: I think, I think this is, this is a season that's going to do reasonably well in a rewatch yeah. An all at once type of situation. Uh, yeah. This four month hiatus, they needed to nail it with coming back. Not the lukewarm bullshit we got last time, but next week we've got We've got to go watch the trailer. Cause I actually haven't watched the trailer for next time on. So I don't know what I, I know what the title is, but I don't know anything else. So uh, we're going to take a moment. If you're new here to, to our podcast, uh, you're going to hear a little music and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the next time. <music> Jesus Christ. Really? So next week is Reservoir Dogs.
0: Oh, no. I just got it. Oh fuck me. Oh my god. Like
1: dog fighting ring really.
0: So I have seen the synopsis for this episode.
1: Yes. It, we're dealing with PTSD. Eric, it's Eric. Y- yeah. We've read the synopsis, so Eric's gonna be back, which is great. I love Eric. And as part of this, we're gonna get some flashbacky stuff with Archie. I had also heard in other places that we're also getting flashbacky stuff with Jughead. So okay. But dog fighting ring really. <laughs> Really? I am not pleased. Like,
0: (laughs) Oh um, my god.
1: Like, we already had essentially child pornography with the tickling videos.
0: Organ harvesting.
1: Organ harvesting with a cult. Uh, Just, uh. Really? (laughs) Really? Really? We have potential human trafficking, which is a real danger and a problem. But dog rings? Of all the things.
0: And they called it Reservoir Dogs. And I just put it together. Oh, uh, God, help us!
1: And the girls are gonna be coyote uglying it up in the bar to get the truckers there. Which I, as okay, here's the thing: we used to have at the the White Worms less the Nuit. You know that it was a cabaret. Someone was performing, so we used to have that more in the show. We've definitely gotten away from that. So it makes sense as a plot point. Tabitha and Betty are gonna work together with this truck driver thing we need to get more truck drivers to pops yeah and thus the white worm okay let's give them a show so all the girls are gonna be coyote ugling it up that's what it's gonna be which is also part of a synopsis in a different place i don't hate it specifically because these are grown women yeah they're not teenagers doing this then i would be like fuck y'all um these are grown women and can shake their ass wherever they want it's fine especially for getting really good tips
0: Meanwhile, Veronica's going after Daddy.
1: Daddy! (laughs) Let's go to investors. Daddy!
0: Dog fighting. I just... And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, when we hear Frank say he was involved in dog fighting, they're talking about Eric. God damn it. Yeah. I guarantee it, which is... Well, okay, I will say... I will hold on to one thing. Maybe it's the major.
1: Maybe it's the flashback that they, like, I don't I don't know
0: it's bad but it could be the major because we're leading up to that for Archie as well like what the fuck did the major do well
1: what else was he hiding or covering up because he covered up their mission yeah (sighs) just yay Riverdale (laughs) I'm not I'm not happy (laughs) <laughs> like I was, I was really like happy with the, the, like our discussion about this episode. It was a good episode. I'm like, you know, hey, Riverdale, you did some good. Like there's some bad, but you did some good. I'm going to give it like a solid B+. It's a solid B plus,
0: and then right coming right after it. I mean,
1: the average is a C plus on this show. Come on, um,
0: <laughs> you guys barely pass. Barely,
1: like just keep going, just keep going. Jesus, I'm I'm super annoyed now. Like this, the highest that the next episode can be is a B plus. Like I, I've already knocked it down a grade for dog fighting because <laughs> I'm just annoyed. I'm super fucking annoyed. This is a season Ugh. of content warnings. Jesus Christ.
0: <sighs> That's the whole goddamn show.
1: Ugh, trauma. Trauma. Everyone's just a trauma prop for something else.
0: I just, I prefer it when this show decides to jump the shark so hard that it's ludicrous and not depressing. Like, I long for the days when we have Edgar Evernever in an evil Knievel costume watching off a rocket.
1: Especially since I get to look at Chad Michael Murray. Come on. Like, at
0: least then, I can laugh. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm just, uh. Jeez. Oh God. Okay. Well. Until next time.
0: Hashtag hashtag Bulldogs forever. Oh no, no, no. no, I know. No. no.
1: This is the worst. This is the worst decision y'all have ever made.
0: Bye, everybody. Bye.
1: Listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at mod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.